0: Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of The Vault. I'm Anthony. My name is Christopher Epps. Yeah, thank you for joining us for another go round. Chris, how you been doing?
1: Oh uh, man, it's been it's been a um it's been a fun summer so far. We are what in August now. Um what so it's August 3rd today. And uh yeah, man, it's been It's been an interesting summer with, you know, kind of like post-coronavirus, but still like having a Delta variant on the rise and stuff like that. So it's things aren't exactly quite back to normal. It feels like, you know, I guess this is our new normal dealing with these viruses or whatever. But um, yeah, things have still been happening in the world.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Things are um, things are happening. It is. I really hope things don't turn around for the worse. And we got to head back home. Well, none of us are really heading back home. We're we're still going to go out, but I hope it doesn't go to the point where there's going to be restrictions again. And um, yeah, I don't want I I don't want to be I don't want to be depressed. Let's not even go there. (laughs) Uh, But I, I, I I hear I hear what you're saying, though. I hear what you're saying. For a minute, when you said summer, I thought you was I thought you were about to say you were about to have a uh, a hot filmmaking boy summer. Strictly reserved oh. for your wife. Oh, wow. Jeez, the layers on that one right there. OK, um. <laughs> that's why I, I thought you listen every time I hear summer because I hear that song too much. Like my wife loves that song. I always think of that. So I'm like, oh, no, nah, I was about to make that joke. So I know, I, no, no, I just no, no. bought the bullet and made the joke for the both of us. <laughs>
1: hey, well you know I appreciate you taking that bullet, you know for for us. Uh, that I believe that was a great sacrifice, but there would be no hot boy summer or anything, especially after what Lil Nas and the baby are going after, but you know going through. <laughs> but you know I'm just it's it's so much going on. <laughs> it's ridiculous, bro. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so we got an interesting one today, man. Uh we've we we've seen some interesting films. Like the film I saw is pretty new, pretty recent. And the film you saw came out in 2017, which I'm gonna be honest, man. I'm I'm glad you seen you saw this film. I don't I don't care if it was ten years later, because this is a film that I feel is it can be a little polarizing, but like there are many great things about it. Um you want me to go first or you go first
1: um you
0: can go first all right bet. i went and saw the green knight a24's latest release how um, was it man dude it was very good man very good like it's one of those films where when you first see it you let it kind of sink in it's like okay that was a pretty solid movie but it's i feel like if i watch it two more times like this film is two rewatches away from me deeming it a masterpiece.
1: Really?
0: It's two rewatches away from me seriously reevaluating this movie. So let me give you the rundown. So, yeah, please do. The Green Knight is about Sir Gawain. So Gawain, in many stories, he's noted as a friend of King Arthur, or a nephew of King Arthur. He's in relation to King Arthur in this version of the story. He's King Arthur's nephew. So Gawain is a young man that wants to be a knight. He doesn't have any stories like his uncle King Arthur of like tales of um you know uh victory and all that. He he he's kind of like growing into being a man but not a man yet. So he he doesn't have anything to show for his uh for his um honor except just being related to like one of the most infamous kings of all time. Hmm. So King Arthur, you know, him and his uncle are talking about this one Christmas morning um, when they're having like a little feast, in walks this mythical creature that looks like a tree called the Green Knight. You know, he's actually like really green and kind of resembles, he's tree-like. So the Green Knight gives a challenge to everybody, anybody in the room saying, hey, anybody wanna make a, uh, do a duel with me? I'll give you one, one shot, one swing um as long as you'll let me match you with the same swing a year and a day later so everybody's a little hesitant king arthur steps up you know in mind you king arthur's old like he's an old king so gaywin steps up and says no you know i'll do it you know i'm I'm willing to do it his uncle asks him are you do you understand the rules he says yeah i think so so gaywin steps up long story short he swipes he cuts the green knight's head off Green Knight picks up its own head and tells him, all right, man, I'll see you in a year. (laughs) So from that point on, and we're still in act one, I'm not going to tell the whole movie, of course, but it's really more of a. for a minute, you know, everyone's kind of like, well, it's just a game, right? Like, you're not really going to you don't really have to go over there and have him cut off your head, because the thing is, the Green Knight is a mythical creature. Gawain is Mm -hmm. human. If he get his head cut off, he That's he done, it. he can't come back. But um, so eventually Gawain decides, OK, I'm going to go out there and actually meet him to finish up the game. So on his way there, he runs into like many misadventures. And I guess you could interpret them as like of test of honor or test mm-hmm. of different things that make a knight. So the whole movie is really about honor. Like if you look, if you take it at face value of it's a dude going to meet his death after making a stupid bet. You, you're not really gonna like find the death in the movie, and that's not the point. It's not really the point of the movie either. Um, it's a 24, so you know it's gonna be a little different and risk taking, and that's wait, mm-hmm. that's that's much for the better, because it takes yeah. a lot of great risk and um, it's act two going forward towards act three. Like those are the best acts, really. Um, the first act runs a little bit slow. Before it gets to the meat of the story, it's a little too. It's a little dialogue heavy in in act one. But act two and three just knock it straight out of the park, man. Like my main man here, the lead actor, Dev Patel, who we know from mm-hmm. Slumdog Millionaire, yeah. he kills it, man. Like he kills it. He. You said what? I also, I also see
1: that Alicia v- Vikander is in it, who played in the most recent Tomb, Tomb Raider. Raider.
0: Yeah. And yeah. she's pretty good, too. She actually plays dual roles in this film. OK. Yeah. That's she's interesting. She's very solid. Um, Joel Egerton is in it. My man who voices the Green Knight. Uh, what's his name? Ralph Anderson. He's he, mm-hmm. he does it. He does great voice acting. Um, but I want to say Death Patel. He really he really brings it home because he knows how as Gawain goes through this film, he goes from like. Slacker would be knight to apprehensive night and training to dignified night and the way dev 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 patel kind of like um his performance kind of layers out those transitions he does a he does a great job man hmm. yeah
1: interesting right. um yeah i would implore uh,
0: i would implore you to see it
1: i i, I figured i figured you would um currently even after that explanation, I'm not interested in seeing it, but because, really? you know, we, yeah, I, I just, um, I don't, it just hasn't really piqued my interest. And maybe it's because I'm not in a, you know, a King Arthur or, you know, just medieval time kind of mood to watch it. Understandable. Um, that, that season could, could come, you know, soon, but right now I'm just kind of not, I'm kind of in this weird, like, I'm looking for something to watch,
0: but I don't know exactly what it is. It's not. I got you. When you're not in the mood for something, you're not in the mood for it. Um, My wife wants to see Jungle Cruise and I'm not in the mood. Like, Listen, I like The Rock. I like The Rock. I'm not in the mood for a Disney action adventure movie, so I just told her, no. I'm not going with you to see that. You can go see it. I'll drop you off and pick you up in two hours, but I'm not seeing it. Bro... I just told her, no, man, we made an agreement a long time ago. If we go to the movies together, it's going to be a movie we both agree on. Okay. All right. I get that. I get that. Okay. And as it won't be me. I... It won't be me dragging her or her dragging me. Okay.
1: Got you. That makes sense. Hey, that's that's fair. Um, but <laughs> that was still funny though. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, so I get <laughs> it. I'm I, I'm I'm not in the mood to see that movie. I'm really not. Yeah yeah you know that's that's
1: one of the movies that I'm definitely gonna make a hard pass on to it's just it's just doesn't i feel you want it basically it just doesn't hit it doesn't hit anything it's just like hey, whatever it's just a piece of content that you know probably probably is gonna have a good ending it's gonna have some some thrills in the middle and then that's it you know so
0: yeah yeah I got you um what do you uh well, look, I'll say this, man, I I would implore you whenever you find yourself in the mood that you go see this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a good film and it's worth to watch
1: mm-hmm.
0: it. um It's kind of like a medieval acid trip in some points, and I mean that mm-hmm. in a very good way. It's very visually sumptuous. and. Like I said, the first act can be a tad slow. That's but that's the only downfall it has going for it. Other than that, it's a pretty it's a pretty great film.
1: And I will say the fact that a 24 produced it, you know, is is definitely a selling point. You know, you can mention a 24 to me and I almost watch anything um, that that they make. But. um, Yeah, that's that's definitely a redeeming quality. So, you know, that does pique some
0: interest. They haven't failed, not this yeah. year so far. You know they had this Zola. I don't know what else came out this year. Like this they, year, they're
1: coming out with a film called Lamb or something. With um, I'm seeing that new, too. Numi Numi Yeah, it's it. I, I'm I'm still not sure exactly what it is. I'll I'll have to like you know, uh, watch a few more trailers about it because I it didn't really pique my interest. This was the first A24 film. didn't that didn't really pique my interest the trailer looks weird yeah it's it's a little bit slow it seems more like a horror film Mm -hmm. um so it it could be a little bit slow but who knows yeah
0: yeah i'll see it Uh, i'll definitely see it um so you told me man and i really want to get into this with you man because this is a very a different kind of movie. I wouldn't expect you to watch this, but you watched You Were Never Really Here. Yes. You Were Never Really Here.
1: Um, yeah, so, you know, You Were Never Really Here stars uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, uh, I believe he's the most well-known in this film. Uh, the other people... I think I've seen Judith Anna Roberts, who plays his mother in this film. is something else, but... I, it's, mm-hmm. I, I can't really remember the movie, but anyway, um, essentially you were never really here. It's a film that came out in 2017. And it's about a man that saves, um, uh, a girl or girls. I, I think he's done this before. And, and, and I think when they open up, they, you know, let you know that he's done this before he saves mm-hmm. girls from, um, from being sexually trafficked. So you know, right there, you know, that's an interesting topic, you know, because we are dealing with that heavily in today's world. Um, So. uh, Good, good topic to cover. Um, Good actors, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, especially after seeing him in Joker. Um, Mm -hmm. Bruh, the film bored me. Really? The film bored me, bro. You know, it and, and, and when it first started in the beginning, you know, it was cool. You know, I was like, okay, you know, it's getting somewhere. But then it just—it felt like everything was just a little bit too slow. I mean, the fight scenes weren't really all that interesting. I mean, he goes around with a hammer, you know, and then you right. know, it, it shows that he's beating people up, and it's like, okay, I mean, that—that's what you would expect. It's closer to real life than it is anything that's like, oh my goodness, like look at what he did to this person or blah blah blah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I get it you know we are dealing with a heavy a heavy topic here so of course it's gonna the film's gonna be just a little bit more heavy and the fact that you know uh, joaquin phoenix's uh character is a traumatized war veteran you know i mean you you see some of that in the film that he's dealing with with ptsd Mm -hmm. um you know so there are those elements in there that you know help move the story along but it just wasn't enough for me it didn't hit on anything for me, it was just like I was, you know, watching something, um, you know, I could easily see if a family member of mine or somebody I knew, you know, was sexually trafficked or if I had a personal story to go along with that, I might have, you know, fell deeper into the movie. But since I haven't had anything like that personally mm-hmm. or met any, anybody like that personally that has been through that, um, yeah, it just didn't really do it for me.
0: OK, OK, I got to be honest with you, man. I I can't disagree with you more. I really do like um, you would never really hear. But some of so the things like about it. So the thing that sells me, of course, is Joaquin Phoenix performance. He he does psychologically trauma, tra- tra- psychologically traumatized great. Mm-hmm. Like you can see like we've known this beyond before Joker It's films like this. Yeah. The master. If you ever seen that one? a little bit of his performance and walk the line when he played Johnny Cash. He knows how to play a damaged person like Joaquin just sells that. No question. So that's a plus. The thing was, you were never really here doesn't sell me on a story. It mostly sells me on the directing. It sells me on it's very like this movie moves at the brutal pace of its protagonist. Like there's very there's moments in the film where there's like sharp editing and kind of like brutal editing where you might have a it's not a jump cut. But what do you have it where you insert a, a shot or an image within a cut? Oh, so you mean like a, a quick
1: cut or something like a yeah. flash frame?
0: Yeah, like you like you might have like violent quick cuts mm-hmm. with, th- throughout the movie. Like I remember there was one time where he. Um. You know, well, this is a little older film. I don't really, I don't think spoilers really count for this. But there, there was a moment uh, towards the middle of the film where he starts to understand that something ain't right. So he goes back. He goes to find one of his previous contacts or something like that. And there's like a, it, it, it's almost like it's moving like his mind, like in fragments. There's an all mag jump forward, and then we get like quick cuts to the guy he was trying to find. I think his hands were like, oh, like yeah, cut I on the table. That. I thought I saw that junk. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, and <laughs> like I was they jacked him up. Yeah, they did, and then you start to realize, like, okay, he went there, bad success. He 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 he's done, or Joaquin's character probably did it himself because he probably found out he was uh double crossed. I lean more towards the other people got him, but the other parts of possibility too, because of how vicious this dude is. And I think the reason his mo- the reason the film moves in fragments, again, it matches the mind of the protagonist, but it, when you also dig deep into the protagonist's po- uh, past, you'll get like little like haunting jump cuts of like when he was a boy and you might hear his parents arguing or fighting and stuff like that. Like you'll get moments like that. And then you'll have very slow moments. Like there's a moment where he goes home to see his mom and that leads to like a standoff with another person. Then that weird scene where they're both like singing or something, and singing, forgot that part. You don't know, remember that he went to see his mom or something like that, and then uh, there was that shooter there, and then they had that confrontation. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then then, then, then they were both on the ground singing. Yeah, that
0: was weird. That was really weird. I just love this film, and that film doesn't doesn't even feel long. That movie is straight up ninety minutes. Like it's very hard, fast and brutal. Um, There are slow moments like that, slow, awkward moments like that, but I feel like that adds to the film's power. Um, It's not a perfect movie by no means. It's definitely not awful. Um, I just think it's just a great thriller. Like um, him walking around with the hammer, there's a moment on a surveillance camera where he's walking up with someone with a hammer on and then the camera just cuts as he's about to as he's about to knock someone down. Mm-hmm. He's like a force of nature. And the film felt like a force of nature. You know what I mean? I like his relationship with the young girl. How by all means he was trying to protect her and not harm her because there's a hole inside him. And you get that through Phoenix performance, of course. But it's almost like not that she feels the hole. But it's like she's kind of the same person as him.
1: Yep. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And I, I think, you know, that's why they, they connected. Because if you if you think about it, she's going to have PTSD. He already has PTSD. And right. now these two are coming together. I mean, most of the time when they sit, and you know, like in the last scene when they were sitting at the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, you know, it shows them. I mean, even the first time they met, they just sat there. And just didn't say anything. So every single time they come together, they just sit there and don't say anything. And it's like in the silence, they understand each other. You know what I'm saying? Like they can mm-hmm. understand each other just by sitting there. They don't have to really talk. Um, so I think that they they did kind of connect in a weird way that you know, most people would be like, So y'all just sit here and just like don't say nothing. Like there's some jokes with her, blah, blah, blah. like no but these aren't the joke kind of people they've been through stuff so right right right
0: so yeah yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed that movie i could see how i could see how the, maybe it didn't connect with you as much like what were you what were you looking to great get out of it
1: i was looking for some you know um well choreographed action scenes um i was expecting oh yeah get that from that yeah i was i was expecting you know him to i was expecting it to him to find multiple girls like so it would be like different like missions instead of it being one mission um i i the the violence you know of course i i expected you know the violence that was in there but um i didn't expect it to be i didn't expect it to be as slow as it was
0: Okay, fair enough. I will say this: the person who made that film is a director I follow. Her name is Lynn Ramsey. Okay. If you didn't like this film, I would recommend another film she made. It's called um, "We Need to Talk About Kevin." It has my man Ezra Miller from uh, Justice League, and it has what's her name, Tilda Swinton, and John C. Riley. Now, this film. This film is one of my favorites because it's about? it's a. You said what? What is this one about? So this is kind of a dark film. This is about nature versus nurture in a way. So Tilda Swinton, um, the bald headed lady from uh, uh, Doctor Strange, she's not bald headed in this though. Yeah. See. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she gives birth to a, She gives birth to a boy. And it's just showing her through the years how her and the boy have a very tumultuous relationship. Like it's not a loving mother son relationship. She wants she wants it to be. But the son is just. The film kind of goes back and forth on whether the son is like inherently evil, Mm -hmm. because it keeps going back and forth between present day and um, something that the son did um, Mm -hmm. that today on which uh, she's just going back and forth on like like How did this all happen? I'm not going to tell you what he did because you find that out in the movie. But um, the son grows up to be, you know, Ezra Miller. And it's really about nature versus nurture. Like she is just trying to understand why her son is an evil person. And she Mm -hmm. just goes through like from like young child to, um, you know, what I want to say, teenager to, well, no. No, baby to young child to teenager, and she's just trying to understand what went wrong while trying to restore her life after the whole mess, too. Mm, it's uh yeah. it's a very powerful movie, dude. Like I really liked it.
1: Yeah, uh I, I'm actually interested in it because uh I I I searched for it and I clicked on this thing that said, What what disorder does Kevin have? And we need we need to talk about Kevin and it said psycho. Psychopathy. So, I'm interested. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess that's one thing you could give him. Um, yeah, that's what it, Ezra Miller's pretty great in it too. It's a very dark film. Uh, Tilda Swinton nails the lead role. Okay. But uh, I would, it's it's uh, as as Rotten Tomatoes says, which I I don't know, man. Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not really looking at them anymore cuz I I
1: mean for me with Rotten Tomatoes I never look at the critic score I always look at the audience score the audience score never leads me wrong mm-hmm. most audiences don't like thought
0: provoking independent films
1: though most you're right most of them don't I haven't checked the Rotten Tomatoes score for this
0: one but um, um well, I, I was just gonna say that Rotten Tomatoes says that it's a great blend of drama and horror, so uh that's pretty much how I would summarize it too it's just it's it's just a terrific film
1: well see look so the the, the critics gave it seventy five percent and the audience gave it seventy eight
0: yeah I wouldn't go so off that's, that. that's pretty good
1: really I mean that's that's pretty good score in my, score in my
0: opinion any any no no like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. above yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a good uh it's a good score. But um yeah, I, I would give it a chance, man. That is a great film and it might redeem your experience with you were never really here. In my opinion, that's the director's um best film. I, I still gotta see her second movie, but so far in her career, that's my favorite film of hers.
1: Okay. I mean, hey, you know, everybody has their their uh their sweet treat so I may mean, hey, that's yours hey that's what's up i'm about to um who's uh, you said her name was lynn what
0: lynn ramsey she only has right. four films really that's actually
1: not that bad though actually i i actually like directors that have a shorter list than a longer list um mm-hmm. because it shows that they actually put effort into their stuff and they craft it uh how they want to, you know, instead of just being like, okay, I'm a director, let me do, you know, 20, 30 films, you know, be a mainstream, you know, this person probably actually crafts her stuff really well. So,
0: yeah, her and you know, the sound design in her movies are great too. Like, mm-hmm. the sound design, and we need to talk about Kevin and, um, and, and you were never really here. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, the sound design was good, I have to say definitely keeps you in the movie
0: yeah um i wanted to ask you something man so before we close this out what do you think of the whole Scarlett scholar johansson disney thing man um man that's a complicated
1: one man because it's like so i get it you know she she lost what 50 million in revenue because of the way that they released the film um I'm not going to lie, if that, if that was my last film with Disney or whatever. And, you know, they kind of botched it like that. I'd be kind of pissed, too, because it's just like, yo, know, this is my last film. She was probably mm-hmm. looking forward to taking like some kind of vacation or something, to be honest. And mm-hmm. they botched it. And so she lost that money. I would kind of do a lawsuit as well. Um, it's. Well, but but then again, at the same time, if you look at it from a Disney standpoint, they're trying something new. So they're saying, okay, we're gonna do a theater release, you know, for a shorter window and then put it on Disney plus. So it seems just like a conflict of interest really. So I don't really know if anybody's wrong here. It's like, okay, we're coming out of a pandemic and we got to figure out how to get the best position on this film. And then from Scarlett Johansson's point of view, she's like, well, we're just put it in theaters so I can get my money. So, but then again, I don't think it would have done. It did well in the opening weekend, but I think it would have still tapered off because not as many people are going to the movies these days. So I think it was the best thing to do it the way that Disney did it. But if I was in her position, I probably still would have sued though. It's a weird place to be.
0: It is a weird place to be. My opinion is I hear what you're saying. I think if we left it a conflict of interest, fine, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was wondering, like, well, was it in her contract to get something on the back end from things such as this? If it was put on Disney Plus, like getting things, because remember, you know, Warner Brothers, Time Warner got sued when they put all those films on, scheduled all those films to go on HBO Max and theaters Mm -hmm. simultaneously. And that's still going on. Yeah. You know, apparently Dune is still supposed to stream on HBO Max and show in theaters. So if there was something if there was something in her contract that resembled hey you know i'm supposed to get something on the back end then i think she has a case my whole thing the thing that makes me a little the thing that makes me side eye disney is their response that was like hey Scarlett's suit has no merit and you know we're, we're a little uh, offended that in time of in the time of pandemic that she would ask for more money i'm like hold up man yeah you no, you you're the same guys that charge thirty dollars to watch a new movie, in, in, w- with people who do have the subscription. Right. You know what I'm saying, like people who have the subscription, still gotta pay thirty dollars to watch a movie that's in theaters. Like y'all want to talk about uh, not asking for more money?
1: Like chill, right. y'all are making the money. Y'all, I mean, as soon as Disney came out, they had they already had you know a few million subscribers, so they were already making like.
0: Like, it's the it's the mouse it's the yeah. mouse the mouse yeah. has the money right so when they said listen when they said that and in all the all the organization groups came forward and said we stand with Scarlett Johansson and getting her just due payment you understand this is a industry where female actors are already underpaid than male actors there's a whole movement behind this that's trying to stop this and y'all gonna come out and make this statement I feel like the moment they messed up the moment their pr messed up is the moment he went to and in this time of pandemic she should be ashamed of herself asking for this much money i'm like dude that's where you messed up you're disney you're a corporation that's right. making you're money
1: one biggest one of the biggest entertainment
0: corporations that that's throwing today. that's throwing stones in the glass house you guys are making money during this pandemic right. and mm-hmm. asking for more money from subscribers during this pandemic during a pandemic, during you know the time when people are literally about to get thrown out of their apartments
1: because the moratorium is in it,
0: they don't they don't want to go to the movies because they don't want to be near people and, and they're afraid to get sick. They're not vaccinated, yeah. but you want to we want them to pay thirty dollars from home. Right. We can play this all different types of ways, man. And like it makes them look like hypocrites. It, it does. It does. I feel like if they just stopped that, you know, her her statement has no merit. Uh, we, However, it was a pleasure working with her, you know, in um, throughout the Marvel films. They left it at that, be like, all right, just a conflict of interest. You know, that's that's their business. But when they when they made it personal, it's like y'all kind of shot yourselves in the foot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think, you know, they they should have taken care of her in some kind of way, you know, um, not not in the sense of like like <laughs> offing her. But, like, I mean, take care of her in terms of, like, payment, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you want extra money, huh? <laughs> oh, man. At the brakes on the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. I got oh, you. Man. I got you. Yeah, man. Um, Look, if it's in the contract, I want ScarJo to get her coin. And I don't care what's going on. And that goes for any actor. If it's in the contract for Time Warner or whoever to pay these people their back end, it is what it is. You have to honor the contract. Um, I just didn't like the way Disney responded. You know, that was that was in poor taste. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. So uh, before we cut it off, man, what kind of film tip you got for us? Um, man, you know, this is something that
1: um, I knew in my head, but I didn't really know it in my heart. Um, or I hadn't traveled down to my heart yet, but, um, you know, when, when, when I first got into film, I in, or first got into, yeah, film, but then started going over into the business side and doing content for businesses. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I never would have come out and said this cause I knew it was wrong in my head, but at the same time, my motivation was how much can I charge? a company and get away with it. You know what I'm saying? Like how much, Mm -hmm. like how much do I need? And I was only worried about my profit, not realizing Mm -hmm. that video is meant to help businesses get more business. And if you want returning clients, the best thing to do is to get that business, more business that covers the cost of the video and or more money. So that's the whole purpose of it. So the way that I approach dealing with companies now is like, okay, how can we get your company to a place of profiting more than what this video costs? Because that's that's the purpose is to film this so that the work gets out there and people buy your stuff more. And we, we wanna double the profit versus what you paid for this video. Um it seems like a simple thing and everything, but it was something that kind of just now, you know, after reading more business books, after just, you know, getting a little bit more experience, realizing that, you know, if you want to survive as you know a video production company, you need to actually care about the profit margins of the businesses that you are working with. It's extremely important otherwise you're just a leech and leeches get cut off so that's something that i learned recently and it's finally traveled from head knowledge to heart knowledge so if you get what i'm saying
0: no i get what you're saying i get what you're saying so in other words don't be greedy you know keep your rate firm but don't don't overprice people you know yeah yeah, and, yeah i mean, and,
1: and, And, you know, of course, there's things in there, you know, you want to, you want to ask them, okay, what are your sales usually like, you know, um, Mm. what, you know, how much profit do you bring in? And that may allow you to, you know, assess the situation a little bit further and say, okay, you know, you bring in this much, that means, you know, um, you might fall into this package, which having packages as a video production company is important too, you know, because then that gives clients the opportunity to, choose a pack and see what, what works for them. So, um, I'm just kind of going about business a little bit differently nowadays. Um, and thinking a little bit more about what the other person needs and why they are coming to me as a video professional and going from there and trying to build relationships and get both of us to be profitable so that, so that we can both grow together.
0: Okay. Yeah. That sounds dope. I'm, uh, I'm for that. Uh, All right, folks, I think we're going to cap it off there. Uh, This has been a great episode of the vault. Uh, Y'all take care. All right.